0: stop for a minute to think about what makes you special what makes you you ever since we were a kid we were asked what do you want to become when you grow up and we used to say doctor engineer pilot and whatnot only if it would have been that easy we are pulled between a career and a passion as soon as we reach school what stream are you taking science or commerce doctor or engineer or lawyer what is it gonna be the system that we live in celebrates achievements and frowns upon your individuality and asks you to fit in. I've always said that we are unique, each one of us, and yet we are constantly trying to fit ourselves into a box. Well, guess what? Today we have with us Namita, who is an Indian model, illustrator, and designer. And she's here to break down these stereotypes and fix norm for us and help us understand how careers can have different connotations for different people. Many of you might know her as Vanta Gold from Instagram. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. I say Vantagold, but it's not yeah. a real word, so it doesn't really matter, I feel. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, uh, so She's graduated yeah, from NIFT, Delhi, and she prides herself on her versatility and love for learning, be it acquiring a completely new skill, such as illustrating or discovering how to ride a bicycle at the age of 23, Namata will leave you awestruck by a sheer will to learn, learn and create. She's now on a journey of exploring various crafts and on, uh, honing her skills as a multi-potentialite artist and a designer so just sit back and relax and plug in your earphones but I feel that this is going to be one of the most interesting conversations on this podcast so far we are going to explore and talk about the various intricacies of art and the creative process itself uh, from imagination to actually implementing it and how Namita managed to navigate her way through all of this so I think uh, Namita you began your modeling journey back when you were in NIFT at Delhi right and you've also spoken a lot about you know having experienced colorism throughout your life so is that what propelled uh, you to you know work in this direction and you know work, break down these stereotypes and uh, write down your own narrative for that matter
1: um so yeah i was lucky enough to get into modeling when i was in college during very formative years um colorism was definitely something that i did experience as a young girl growing up surprisingly like even though I grew up in South India where despite the fact that I was brown and so was like so many other people around me I would still be made to feel ashamed for my skin tone and this did affect the way I viewed myself um, especially when I would look towards like generic like Indian media or Bollywood for that matter I just wouldn't see women who looked like me and Mm -hmm. that really did affect the way that um, I would view myself I just thought that there was no space for me in this world, mm-hmm. essentially. I took it to that extent. So um, growing up, modeling was definitely something that I fantasized about doing. I never really planned to do it. Um, like I had no idea how to go about it or anything, um, but it was definitely something that I wanted to explore, especially because I would watch fashion TV and like, you know, in cultures, abroad, brown skin would be like an asset. Yeah. So I thought, okay, like let's see if I can figure out something for myself. Like in India, um, I was lucky enough to like fall into it by accident. I was scouted by my agent um, instead of me like applying, which I'm really grateful for. Otherwise, I feel like I never would have gotten into this. Mm-hmm. And um, about breaking, about creating these narratives, I feel like I was lucky in the sense that I never really set out to um, write my own narrative, and I fell into this in such a way that it perfectly aligned with what I was thinking about like colorism. Like I was, mm-hmm. I'm grateful enough to like, you know, okay, like I fell into modeling. It completely aligns with the, the kind of things and the kind of thoughts that I had and I wanted to do. And therefore I was able to like blend the two all together. So that way I was really lucky to like not like, you know, like have a grand ambition in mind and fall on a life path that was already seemingly built for the way I used to think.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the perk of being creative. You can explore anything and, you know, you can mix one thing from another and see how it turns out. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Super so grateful. You, you're also an illustrator and I think I've been following you forever. And I, I remember <laughs> that I used to you know, talk through our Instagram page and I used to look, oh, I used to say, oh my God, I love this artist. And I love her design. <laughs> that's really sweet. And I, it's only like, it's only recently that I started the podcast and I was just like uh, going mm-hmm. through the, uh kind of people i want to invite to my podcast and mm-hmm. yours is a like, yeah. one of the foremost names that i thought of but i, I didn't oh, think no, that you would so actually sweet. reply <laughs> so oh, yeah, i was really happy when you replied
1: i'm i'm really glad to be here too and i'll tell you why also like i've already just like figured out a little blurb for you and everything okay
0: okay so, sure. yeah Uh, So, I think I read in one of your interviews for the Vogue um, that you said that, you know, I love when people can see themselves in a piece of art and relate to it and it's all about a deeper connection. Uh, Would you like to elaborate a little bit more on this? Like, what fuels your creativity and imagination? What keeps you going? Um, For sure, I think it's really
1: interesting that you brought up this interview um, because I gave this back in 2018, that's almost like four years ago. And this sentence still like really stands for me uh, as a very important aspect to my work. Um, so back then, the kind of work, like even though like this sentence still stands very strong for me, right? like I still want to create work that really connects and has a deeper meaning. The way I went about it was completely different. Back then, I would create these very like, you know, like beautiful pictures, maybe just like aesthetic pictures. And I would put it out there in hopes that like someone would relate to them or someone would understand them. And now four years later, the way I look at my art is, okay, what is it that I want to say to the world? What is it that I want to like, how much meaning can I pack into this? How can I serve the world in some sense? Not that it's very like altruistic, but then like how much more can I do? Like it's an ongoing process, right? Like how much can I actually do to like help someone else connect with this? So, um, yeah, I would say that, um, let me just look at that question again. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. yeah. So mere expression, sense of belonging, I would say that it's, I would say it's leaning towards sense of belonging for now, for sure. Um, but it's less about like, you know, it's less personal and it's more like for the viewer which is a very interesting way to like, you know, to have created this tangent, actually, because I feel like growing up, I've been taught that art is very like personal, Mm -hmm. but then I feel like there is a way that you can make it personal, but also serve the viewer in a sense.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I guess uh, at the end, for me, like when I'm creating art or like I wouldn't call myself an artist, but whatever it is I'm doing, uh, I do what I'm good at. And, you know, the, the, there's somebody out there who will definitely relate to it on a personal level because at the end of the day, most of us, we have similar experiences and we go through similar stuff and yeah, that's exactly art is universal in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And I think that's like really just like relaxing to know as well. Like I know that mm-hmm. I've spoken right now about that, like, oh, like I want to make sure that like it relates to someone, like I'm being a little more like, you know, um, militant about it. But then it does feel nice to know that no matter what you create, there will actually be someone out there who relates to it, no matter what. So that's also like very
0: relaxing
1: to keep in the back of my mind.
0: Yeah, definitely. So uh, I think learning is something that is really important for you. And you are a self-taught artist for that matter. And I also read that, you know, you started to learn how to ride a bicycle at the age of 23. And that is so cool. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, like what <laughs> did you try your hand at a new skill? And was it scary for you? And is this sort of process, this learning process is a constant for you? Like you learn and then you create. So it's like like a loop.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like I'm, I'm trying to view like every single thing in my life right now as like this ongoing process. Like, even like, you know, I'm really grateful to be here speaking on this podcast because even this is like a skill that I want to learn to get better at, like how to like. Yeah. Articulate my thoughts. How to not feel nervous, like you know, for like you know, a conversation. Yeah. So all of this is also like a way to like just get better at something. And bicycling, I mean, it started off very simple. I must say, like it didn't really, it wasn't a grand ambition. I mean, it's just cycling. And I thought, okay, here is a life experience that I have missed out on when I wasn't when I was a child. How you know, I really want to like gain this life experience, no matter what my age is. Um, so let's go for it. And then it started off so simple, but then it honestly became like, I really genuinely feel like I learned so many th- different things about just like, you know, um, gaining a new skill set from just this, like, I mean, cycling is a very physical skill, right? It's not that you can really learn from a book how to cycle. You need to just like go through with like cycling every day to get better at it. It's not like the arts where if I, you know, do read, like I do learn. I actually have yeah. to like push myself through these, you know, through this um process even though I'm not very good at it right now yeah so you know there would be like so many feelings that I would have like you know when I started like oh my god why didn't I start earlier when I was younger there are children who know how to cycle better than me why is it that it's been a week but I haven't learned yet there were so many like unrealistic expectations yeah. and demands from myself but just like this very like low risk yeah. um, event cycling so yeah. imagine you just put the same pressure on yourself like even when like on like bigger things like your career path Or like everything else in life, which is like something that you will only get better at with time. So I just realized from that process that, okay, like you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Even though it's just like one tiny thing, you need to realize that, you know, gaining a new skill is something that does take time. And you will need to learn to give yourself space to make mistakes. Yeah. You know, and like, I mean, like, for example, like a younger, more impatient Namata, like I wouldn't be here... I wouldn't be able to sit here speaking to you still. I might still be overthinking about like, oh, like, did I start speaking correctly about the last question? You know, yeah. I wouldn't be concentrating on like what's happening right now. Yeah. So just giving yourself that space to say that, okay, like I'm not the best at this right now. I will get better hopefully, but I have to just like keep pushing through and it helps you just not box yourself. Like, yeah. um, so um, I do want to mention that like uh, my journey as a model, I've kind of reached like a lull Mm -hmm. Um, for the past year, I haven't been modeling as much thanks to COVID. So um, I've had to like, you know, upskill myself in um, various other crafts. And it's been a very good journey. I've been very, I'm very grateful for this, no matter like how jarring it was at first. But then it was also another lesson that like, okay, like my skill set as a model Mm -hmm. will not help me so much in this new thing that I want to try out. Right? Like yeah. if I just said that, like, okay, like I am a model, like by age twenty, I became a model. I'm very happy, and I'm going to be this for the rest of my life. And if I never like opened up uh, to new possibilities of like relearning like new skills, yeah. then I would just always be in that box. Yeah, so yeah, one of the, i would I would say that like the most important thing that has happened to me this year is just like learning to be okay with learning in general.
0: Yeah.
1: And I- it is definitely scary it is so
0: scary definitely and I think somebody once told me that uh, you know we are infinite and yet we are always trying to fit ourselves into a box and like that's the worst thing that you can do to yourself in fact when I was reading uh, about your journey I was like you know you're the perfect fit for the podcast because that is what it is about the podcast that you know people who step out of their comfort zone and even if it's just exploration that that's the part about that's the best part about it that you're just exploring out there you're putting yourself out there to you know do something that you really want to try and that's the best part and I love the analogy that you did between cycling and and creative process I'm glad to thank you (laughs) So on that note when we are talking about your uh, illustrative journey so you did a series of illustri- uh, illustrations on Cochin uh, which were when we were like quarantine back in 2020. So how was that yeah. because I was just going through them I was like a Cochin street a Cochin cloud a coach in church a coach in Christmas and it all mm. seemed so fascinating In like, fact the illustrations themselves they were very you know like would you like to talk about them yourself?
1: Yeah for sure um, I feel I feel like this really sweet sense of nostalgia when i look at these illustrations now um so i mean yeah right now i am based in cochin it is my hometown uh, i've been here for like the greater part of the year but then last year amongst all the cluelessness and just like the newness of covid i was stuck in delhi and i was just thinking that my god like stability would feel so good right now home would feel so good And, and more than that, I feel like there was this deeper sense of just like newness and awe towards my home. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I've been in Delhi for college uh, and I settled that after college as well. And, you know, like all of the things that I've drawn for this coaching series, like they're very like ordinary things, like it's like a cloud or a coconut tree or a church. And these are all things that I've just been growing up with for like my whole life. And they really just become like part of the background when you're growing up. But then like, as soon as you move away and you come back and you even start to like fetishize these things, you're like, oh my God, like that was, that's so beautiful, but that's always been there, but I'm only noticing it now, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, just like, yeah, i just, I mean, Delhi is just so vastly different from Cochin. And I feel like I became very aware of the fact that I am a South Indian, I am from mm-hmm. Cochin, I am from Kerala and I have like migrated from my home state to be here. So that was also like a, that was also something that I would think about very often that like I, you know, like this is my journey, this actually matters, my hometown Mm -hmm. matters, like the coconut trees, the the clouds, the the street behind my home, all of this really matters, like I can't look at this as just like part of the background scenery anymore. So it just felt perfect to like pay homage at that time, um, when everything was scary, like just to like go back to my roots, just to find the beauty and where I've come from. So I'll be able to see the beauty what's in front of me right now.
0: Yeah. That's really wonderful. I I love the way that you think. And I think um, even right now, I I relate to that so much because I have never had a really home, home per se, because my father, we have always been traveling. My father's in railway, so we never really had a home. So, uh, but I I really like Delhi. But then, you know, I I recently, my father recently got transferred to Allahabad and because of pandemic, I'm so in Allahabad. And it's so different. Like it's, It's very far away from the city. It's very quiet. And the roads Mm -hmm. are so like quiet and I don't see a person uh, anywhere like um and change. yeah and for, <laughs> for most of it I was just like you know ranting that I don't have my friends and I, I can't meet anybody I don't even have any people that I can see <laughs> but then I realized that you know the things that I do have and then I started doing photography a little bit and then I started oh, nice. capturing the skies and the birds and and the flowers and then I made a photography page so, like, it's just, you know, how, uh, right. Yeah, on Instagram only. But then you just start, oh, start seeing... lovely, no? yeah, yeah, <laughs> But then you start yeah. seeing how these are these little things that you, you know, that goes unobserved. And then you start actually noticing them. And then it becomes exactly, better, like, everything becomes better.
1: Exactly. And it's really interesting because, like, you know, right now I've just given like a whole speech of, like, oh, I love coaching. And then this year, I had to come back and spend like almost my whole year in it. So right now I wouldn't draw after what (laughs) coach because I spent so long here and I'm like, and then like there was a huge part of me that kept ranting that, oh my God, I'm home now. And I really miss my friends. I miss my life in Delhi. And um, what am I going to do here? And then, (laughs) you know, but that in itself was also like so important. And I'm so glad I had this time here. Like no matter Mm -hmm. how much like I kept complaining about it to my friends, like I really feel Mm -hmm. that you do learn a lot about the most about yourself when you're like you know outside of your comfort zone and um, like for me like you know it is home but like I've always felt most comfortable living a very independent life away from home yeah uh yeah yeah you get it you get it like a young woman you understand exactly that's why I love (laughs) telling. exactly you can just really be more into yourself and that's a very important experience and then we are denied that experience for such a long stretch of time and you have to ask yourself, who am I without that side of the experience, without, like, without that city as well? Yeah. Like, am I still Namita? Am I still Ananya? Like, am I still that person? Like, even if I'm like here, what is it mm. that you can do with the resources that you have around you to still continue to be that person? Yeah. So that was super important to go through as well. And, you know, I actually learned the most about myself, like away from all that, like, you know, yeah. yeah, away from the person who I thought I actually was. So that was super important too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think the pandemic also has shaped a lot of that. And uh, like all of this Instagram, Zoom. I think somebody once told me that, you know, this Zoom rectangle, it's my window uh-huh. to the world. And that really yeah. stayed with me. I was like, yeah, I can do so much through Zoom and through Instagram and through the online. Exactly. Medium.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Thank yeah. God for like social media. I mean, like, I know that like it's, um, I mean, it's just like balance, yeah. like bad and good, right? Like, yeah. but yeah, it was a real lifesaver during this time yeah. for sure. Yeah, definitely.
0: So another one of the interesting pieces I came across was Panty Girl. And mm-hmm. that also really fascinated me. So what was that all about? Um,
1: Panty Girl was born because of my relationship as a model with the camera. I feel like as a model, um, it is, of course, very possible to become good at your skill and craft and be like a good model. Um, But uh, more often than not, it's also very related to how the viewer would, you know, look at you, like how you look in the beholder, basically. In the end, it's always someone else calling the shots like, okay, would she fit my shoot? Is she beautiful enough for this? Does she look unique enough for this? So, you know, um, despite the fact that I have, like, you know, made a name for myself, and I do feel like I have control, uh, and more control over my narrative because of my modeling, a lot of the, you know, decisions are like based on people outside of who I am, in the end, I'm not the beholder as a model. So Pantigal was all about just taking back that power. So it started off with like um, these uh, brush uh, paintings of like other models that I found fascinating. where I wanted to say that, OK, I am beholding them and I find them beautiful. It's not like an industry. It's not a, it's not a photographer. It's me, yeah. a model. Yeah. And then it later became self-portraits that I would shoot of myself and then I would draw them uh, with like a brush pen. So yeah. that was just a very interesting process, just like taking back that power and saying that, like, yeah, I am the one who is in control here. I am photo, like, I am taking pictures of myself. I am drawing myself. I am saying that I am good enough. So I do have, again, like a uh, this fondness and nostalgia when I look at the paintings that I've made, like even like Cochin, the Cochin mm-hmm. series, because they were very quick. Um, they took like maybe like one to two days, and then I would just instantly post. and mm-hmm. um it's interesting because like I at the beginning of this um, of this podcast, I said that like I'm thinking of like putting more meaning into my work now. Mm-hmm. So if you look at my Instagram now, I've not actually posted a lot of work recently because I'm taking a lot of time now before mm-hmm. posting a piece. Yeah, um, but then now I'm actually questioning myself that, okay, like even if I'm taking so much time to like, you know, make a uh, make a piece right now, even like cochin the cochin seeds and panty did have like a lot of meaning behind them uh in my own way which is super fascinating like I just thought of that right now it's cool like I'm glad I'm getting this chance to like talk about like my previous work with you right now it's very interesting to see that's the growth yeah yeah and that's
0: why I love these podcasts like you you get to talk to a completely different person a complete stranger in fact and yet you know you can just talk for an hour and look at us like we will I, I, fi- I find you like completely relatable because I've been through that journey, a uh-huh. part of it at least. And I can relate to most of what you're saying. Uh, so on that- like, I'm really
1: glad.
0: One quick question. Yeah, no, go for so, um, uh-huh. so you said that, you know, um, you also shifted your focus from modeling to illustrations. So is that yeah. is that why like, because, um, you know, you thought that you could express yourself better through illustrations because you said oh, that- you know, Even through modeling- even through modeling, you didn't say you didn't think that you were in control, but when you're drawing, when you're illustrating, you you took that power back. This is a very important that's, discourse, I feel.
1: That's a great question. And that is something that I've been asking myself for a very long time, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I will say that there are, there are a few reasons as to why, like, you know, I've gone on this path. Like one of the reasons being very obvious, COVID shoots um had to be closed down for the longest time and even this year when they did they did open up again I was at home um Mm -hmm. a family member of mine had COVID so we just wanted to recuperate all together at home and just like stay for our vaccines and things like that so COVID (laughs) was like a huge reason but Mm -hmm. then even before COVID happened I did like ask myself about like this craft and as much as I love modeling I know that there is there's a way for me to explain um explore and experience much more as an artist with like other media as well Mm -hmm. I do love modeling I wouldn't say that like you know um it lacks in any way but I feel like this is the case with you know any art right like any art as soon as it becomes like industrialized or you have to make it in order to like monetize off of it there are like restrictions there will be like boxes that you're put into and I feel like modeling for me now has become a career path which yeah. I'm very grateful for. But then I know that like, if I continue on this, I will feel stifled after a while. Yeah. Because, you know, there are many other like, outside um variables that would yeah. uh, define my career. Yeah. So my art started off as a hobby at first. Mm-hmm. But then because of the pandemic, I knew that I needed to, you know, see how I can monetize off of this for my, you know, we all have, we all have bills to pay. Mm -hmm. But then, um, so that's been very interesting as well. I feel like that is also a skill, like how to make art for money and how to make art for yourself. And I'm very pleased to say that like, even like if you do try to monetize of your crafts, there is a way for you to like still regain, like, you know, still have like control for you to like, you know, storytell the way you want to. Like this year, I've not been very active on Instagram with my personal work, actually. I've not been doing, I've been doing it on the sidelines along with freelance work. So that has been a very new thing in my life as well. Just learning to like how to speak to clients, just the business of art and design basically. And, but even there, it is very possible to still be yourself and still take control, which is something that like I didn't expect. I thought that, oh, okay. Like as soon as you like turn this into a job, you're going to have to slog. You're going Mm -hmm. to have to suffer. But it's very possible to say that, you know, my name is Namita. This is my vision for you. This is what I can do for you. And I would love for me to do this for you. it's still you in the end right like every like you know modeling design art like it's all comes from a very human source and that's you yeah so yeah it is possible to take back control and I I'm looking forward to doing that as a model as well
0: yeah definitely and this reminds me of a conversation just yesterday I was having with one of my friends and they said that you know um, like you know that you want to be somewhere else but you know that you have to take a certain path to get there and even though that path is you know among the status quo or the rat race as they call it but still uh-huh. all the artists all the activists they have been a part of the very education system of this very capitalistic mm-hmm. society mm-hmm. that we live in and still they have managed to be themselves so I guess exactly. yeah so I guess you have to take a certain path but then it's that doesn't mean that you're doing injustice to an art form itself it just means that exactly. you're exactly exactly yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like you. it is very possible for you to be part of the system and still critique it. And that is, in fact, what you must do. Yeah. Like, just because you participate in it, like, I see so many memes, right? Like, oh, people talking crap about capitalism on a MacBook.
0: Like, yeah. dude, like, I,
1: I need this to survive, though. Like, I can't, you know, yeah. uh, speak crap about capitalism in a cave.
0: You yeah. know, you
1: will obviously have to, like, you know, you can't really live
0: yeah, outside exactly. of it yeah you which you is, can't just yeah, project but mm-hmm. you can't do it from a distance you have to be in it to experience it and therefore to talk about it and to speak up about exactly. it exactly exactly
1: yeah and you can still you know keep your soul mm-hmm. um i feel like that is a very personal decision and it's also like related to a lot of things like you know the your mm-hmm. privilege as yeah. well but yeah. then again it's all very gray and you can't mm-hmm. really black and white it so yeah yeah,
0: yeah. So I think uh, my next question is, we've already discussed it. It was about, you know, how there's been a lot of discourse about what is good art, per se. And mm-hmm. there must been a lot of times when you're given into the opinions of other people. So is that like, I think we've already talked about it in terms of being a freelancer. Is there anything that you'd like to add on? Um,
1: for sure, dude. I feel like, um, especially now that um, art and social media have become so integrated, uh, There's definitely like this pressure on you know being topical yeah. for an artist, yeah. on being like relatable, which mm-hmm. I don't feel the pressure so much now because as a human being, you are inherently relatable. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there is definitely pressure to make the next new viral thing, to have like yeah. your own art style, to yeah. you know be like recognizable through your art, to have like a million followers, yeah. and um. There is that pressure, you know. Like, I earlier I would put a lot of pressure on myself to like find like a banter gold art style, yeah. and now I would say that if you actually look at my art, I have many different styles, and I actually want to keep it that way for a long time because I feel like you know there's so many different projects, right? Like, art wise, you can create like work for like um just off the top of my head, just like a branding project for like, you know, cosmetics or like, you know, a comic book or mm-hmm. um, characters design. There's so many different things that I want to do and explore. And one art style won't cut it for all of them right now. Yeah. I, I do want to have like different styles for different things. Like I say, I feel like I want to mold myself to different um, requirements when necessary. Yeah. So if you have this internal truth about yourself as an artist, that this is what I want to do, then thankfully the pressure gets a little less yeah um but yeah there have been times when i succumb to like you know okay what is like the latest trend and like what oh. is it that i can do that will get me likes and things like mm-hmm. that but then surprisingly or unsurprisingly the things that the pieces that i've gotten the most amount the likes and have always been the ones that have been very very close to my heart yeah and very very personal which is also you know refreshing to see
0: yeah definitely Yes, yeah, so there's yeah. this one um, like video that I did it was about uh, I don't even remember it was just something about uh, how we all feel very alone now that we are quarantined. It was just like a video like you know you're holding the cup and the cup falls uh, and uh-huh. you' you're, you're like plucking leaves it, it was just like I just tried something new and I got uh-huh. such a positive response on it like people they were like I'm you so know glad. Yeah, we've all been through this. And um, it's so good that you're actually putting it out there. So I guess that that is that kind of audience, that fixed kind of small, viable audience that you have that really appreciates the work that you do and not you know just mm-hmm. any algorithm that validates you. So Exactly, I think, yeah.
1: exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, if you try to please everybody,
1: it's yeah. bound to happen that you don't please anybody. Yeah. And I don't know, I feel like we've been taught that you know we have to be perfect right like i mean i feel like it's a very indian institution like you know mm-hmm. like always have like a grade uh, scores and then just like do be good at everything and when you grow up and you become and i don't know i guess like i'm also speaking from a certain place of business now that i've become a freelancer yeah. and i'm like monetizing my craft mm-hmm. there is always an audience for your work yeah. um, you can't please everybody that's actually not a very intelligent thing to do mm-hmm. it's not the best thing to do But once you find your niche, there is definitely space for you to grow and space for you to like speak up. And there will be people who will hear you and listen to you and Mm -hmm. um, respond.
0: Yeah. So how has that journey been for you being a freelancer? Is it tiring or overwhelming? (laughs) (laughs) Um
1: it is, it was overwhelming. I mean, like I got my like first major design gig uh in uh June. And that, I'm still working on it. In fact, it's quite like a long uh, gig. But then, um, and I remember just being terrified at the start. I was terrified. I mean, I only like last year, I decided that, okay, I want to do like design and illustration. Okay, chalo, let's go for it. Like, and that decision came after like months of me trying out different other things. I tried to be a journalist. I tried to get into fine arts. I tried to write. Um, it was a lot. And then I finally landed on this. Mm -hmm. So last year, say I've been um, just upskilling myself and just like putting out work when I felt like it, like I would like in one day, I would like make like one piece post it, and that would be it. Mm -hmm. And then like um, the beginning of this year, I'm like, okay, let's make it a little more directional now. Mm -hmm. And um, I was, I'm very grateful to have landed this gig um, with this very sweet client of mine, but it was also my first one. And I really had no idea what to do, where to go. And I knew that the only thing I could do was my best. So the first few weeks of me working on this, I remember just being constantly anxious. And now I'm really glad to say that like, it's, you know, like changed a lot because I've gotten used to the process. I know that like, you don't need to be afraid of anything. I gave myself space to make mistakes that, okay, I will mess up. If you mess up, what do you do? You fix it or you learn from it and move on. So there were, like, a number of lessons that I had to learn. And it wasn't just from this one gig also. Like, there were, like, other gigs in between. Like, how do you balance more than, like, two or three projects at the same time and still be on time? How is it that you speak to a client? Like, you know, um, just, like, you know, even your soft skills or your sensitivity really plays a huge role. I remember telling this acquaintance of mine that, you know, I'm really scared about, like, freelancing and, like, getting a job and all of these mm-hmm. things. Because as a model, like, the work uh, path is completely different right and I knew I had to like go into this if I want to like explore more and I told him that like yeah I'm super sensitive I don't really know what I'll do and he's like oh you're sensitive you're screwed and I'm like (laughs) wow thanks that's really helpful but the truth is my sensitivity has really helped me a lot because then Mm -hmm. I am sensitive to someone else's needs I know what to say to them I know that in the end why is someone approaching you for work they have something they're worried about they want your help with it it's as Mm -hmm. simple as that So looking at it in a very emotional sense has really helped me soften the whole side of business because business is really scary, right? Oh my God, numbers. Oh my God, asking for money. Oh my God, talking to clients about this. But when you just realize that they are human beings who are coming to you with a need, with a purpose, and they want to just achieve something in their life, it just becomes so much more approachable, you know? So yeah, I'm super grateful for, you know, my freelance journey. And you know what? Um, it's um it's not been super tiring like i do like you know a question that a lot of artists get is like how do you you know fix burnout mm-hmm. and for me like the way i answer that is by making sure you never reach that state of burnout in the first place
0: yeah it
1: doesn't make sense to like overwork yourself all the time you need to have your weekends off you need to have like time off for like you know everything else in between to make you feel like a human being so mm-hmm. freelancing has given me the space for that also like i can like you know you know, if I finish my work, I know that I can take time off for myself just to breathe. Yeah. So that's been super great as well. Yeah. So yeah.
0: I think freelancing it's where it requires a lot of discipline because uh, when you're working in a for structure for sure. or when you're working with a corporate or any like agency for that matter, you have a structure of sorts. But um, when you're yeah. a freelancer, your your own your own boss. Nobody is waiting for you to you know come and work. That's you have so to true. work for yourself. You have to show up and yeah. you have to also take care of yourself
1: in the process. That's true. It is a lot of discipline for sure. I'm glad you brought that up because like, I feel like i painted a very rosy picture of freelancing that, yeah, I have the time and everything, but that is because <laughs> nine to five, like I do my work. Um, yeah. Like I, I do my best to show up. That is something that you will have to like, you know, definitely yeah. inculcate in yourself. Yeah. I mean, even the things that you do for love, it is work, right? Even yeah. good things require maintenance. And that's something that I feel like we all have to realize.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that was a very hard transition for me because modeling, you know, it was easier than mm-hmm. what I'm doing right now. And yeah. I did like relatively well at it with like relatively less effort. Mm-hmm. So to, you know, really rediscipline myself to get back into it took up a lot of this year, but I'm really happy with the space I've reached now. Yeah,
0: definitely. I think, I think it's more like this podcast only, nobody's waiting for the mm-hmm. podcast, nobody's waiting for Namata and Namathana to come together and talk about <laughs> this, right? But still yeah. here to, so, you know, just create something and maybe help somebody. It matters, it really matters. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think your career path has been so inspiring for me personally uh just like mm-hmm. anybody who steps out of their comfort zone and if they do something that they want to do I get inspired from them so uh, I guess mm-hmm. you never really just try to fit in you know you have always try to get out of a comfort zone and put yourself out there and even though you're still figuring it out that's the best part about it so what is really your understanding of career and success because uh, the traditional area that we talk about it, it's very monotonous um, in that way it's like you know get a job get a salary and yeah, tada. but the creative mm-hmm. career, you know, shaping your own journey, it's very different. It's, it's trying different, trying out different things, exploring, um, and also moving on if you don't like something. So yeah, how yeah. Is, yeah. So what's your understanding of all this?
1: Um, so I, my first career was in college itself, which, mm-hmm. um, which was very unique, but it also did make me realize a lot of things um i mean first of all i've always been someone who's like jumped from thing to thing in 12th grade i switched uh from computer math to biomath in between even though i didn't want to be a doctor i just really liked bio and Mm -hmm. i knew i'd be good at it so i'm like yeah i want to do biomath then from biomath i went to like fashion design school and in fashion design school i realized that okay i don't really want to do this let's model And then I jumped into this. I've always been someone who's jumped. And at first, I thought that was just like, like, why am I like this? Like, everybody else decides that they want to be a doctor or an engineer.
0: Yeah. They say, why
1: am I like always jumping? Yeah. Um, and then, um, then I recently landed upon the term multi-potentialite, which mm-hmm. I really love. Um, just because of like multi and like the word potential like you have the potential to become like many different things yeah. and it turns out there are actually a lot of people like me who have constantly been jumping around careers and like you know they will upskill themselves and then if <laughs> I'm glad yeah so like you know if you learn to transfer these skills into other things and you can become and you can still like carve a path for yourself so modeling was my first career career and um, I did really well for like um, the time that I was active. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on like a lot of campaigns. I was on a cover. I won an award for best Indian model, uh, for 2019. So I did really well in like a very short amount of time. And I thought, Oh my God, like I made it now. It's always going to be this great. Mm-hmm. And it tanked, it tanked because of COVID because of like many other various reasons, because of my mental health, like it obviously didn't stay static because careers, mm-hmm. Will never stay static, like it's not always going to be like up, it's all it's going to be like ups and downs. Yeah. And that was a very hard lesson for me to learn, like, so young, because mm-hmm. that I was like 21 or 22. And mm-hmm. so I so that so I'm still like learning a lot from that experience where like, I got my dream job, I was supremely like I was really successful at it. And then it all tanked also. And mm-hmm. then I realized that, okay, there is so much more to this and the idea of just like reaching that successful day like i mean after that day that you reach like your peak right There is the day after that as well where you're no longer at your peak will you still love yourself will you still be okay with yourself then and i realized that for me the answer was no and i needed to work a lot on just this idea of like what is a career for me then like i already like you know had that same path like there are people who like work for years and years to reach like a particular point for me that happened in like two years so what's next after this this can't be the only thing that you look forward to in life and um so that was definitely something that I needed to recover from and I really needed to just like rethink about you know careers in general so now the way I look at it is that okay it's like a marathon and not a sprint like I still feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself especially these days we put so much pressure on ourselves like achieve by the time we're like 25 or 30 or like you know just like at really young ages we need to get there but then if you just and only this year i said okay like i am planning to live till like i'm 70 or 80 right like yeah. do i think i'm going to die by 40. there's so many things you can do yeah. right and so that was really liberating so right now i'm not looking at my career as something that like i need to like achieve at even though of course i do want to it's not a bad thing to want to achieve also but I know that like that pinnacle is not the only thing you should chase anymore because I kept chasing that when I was young. And when I fell off that pinnacle, that was the hardest lesson for me.
0: Yeah.
1: The journey there really matters. You need to find sacredness in every single thing that you do every day. And that is why freelancing has been easy for me. Otherwise, if I kept chasing like the end goal that yeah, like, you know, I, if I get like this much amount of money, then only will I consider myself successful. Even when I'm struggling every day, as a freelancer to like, you know, like write an invoice, like speak to a client, like even that all matters to me right now. Like I am successful even then, because right now I am successfully writing an invoice. I am successfully speaking to a client. It's not just that peak, which matters to me anymore. You need to give yourself credit for every single thing. So like before you reach the peak. So I think that's what for me now success would be, you know, it would be to um realize that everything matters it's too much pressure to put like all your happiness onto like one end goal because yeah. there is the day after that end goal also
0: yeah i think there's also is, it's a constant process of like uh, unlearning and then relearning especially in a system which absolutely has, especially in a system which validates uh, things like achievements and you know coming first and yes, yeah. and why did you come and second?
1: overnight successes yeah exactly yeah.
0: Why did you come second? Why didn't you come first? It's just like, uh, anyways, (laughs) but this is a system that we live in, right? And I think it's really important to have these conversations with ourselves because I I feel, so I've been struggling with the same things. Uh, Like I I took science in 11th and 12th and then uh, I I ended up doing English honors from LSR, and now (laughs) I'm trying so many different things. I'm trying writing, photography, podcasts, exactly (laughs) like me that's so cool (laughs) i know right and that's why i love (laughs) this podcast because i get to meet people who validate my existential crisis so i'm so happy
1: for you this is really important because i think like the scariest part of being this kind of person is that you feel really alone you only look at you only notice the people who have like stuck with their career like you know from childhood and then you're like why aren't i like them but then you realize that like There's actually a lot of people who are like us and we are not like abnormal or weird or crazy. Like it is Uh, very possible for us to thrive the way that we are as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, this has been so wonderful talking to you about all of this uh, so even like uh, at this podcast like i said that the goal is to initiate conversations like these and uh, you know mm-hmm. redefine the norm in some ways because the systems that we are talking about have had years to build upon and years of people to sustain yes. it but what we yes. are doing you and i it's very different uh and not that's why like not a lot of people can do it so do you really think that you know what this podcast is really making a difference
1: absolutely i feel like so i mean you'd mentioned like your first question was about like me um breaking down like um stereotypes about race and creating my own narrative and then i actually had to say that you know what it's not something that i actively set out to do and Mm -hmm. it like fell into place with what i was thinking I feel like even when it comes to um, like breaking stereotypes, even now, Mm -hmm. more often than not, like us existing and being ourselves is rebellion in itself rather than us having to like be an active activist because we're not all built like activists also, right? There is like, you know, there is beauty in not having a grand ambition as well and just being yourself unapologetically. If we have the strength for us to, you know, continue to be multi-potentialites, even just like us having a conversation, we aren't like exactly, you know, grand, you know, I'm trying to say that we haven't really reached a space where, you know, we're still like, um, we've just like recently, you're still a student, I'm assuming? Yeah, I am. Right? Yeah. You're still a student. I've like graduated like a few years ago. We're still like a very like nascent part of our life journey. But even then there is worth in our journeys right now and where we are that is worth in our existence right now. We have just connected right now and we feel less lonely and we feel more strength in who we are from this small exchange. So it does absolutely matter. The important thing is for us to look at this and say that, yes, I agree this matters because nobody else is going to validate us and tell us that, yeah, like you matter. I mean, like other than the people we love, but like it most importantly, it has to come from yourself. So it does make a huge, tremendous difference.
0: Thank you so much. That means a lot. And you've summed it <laughs> up so well. <laughs> so, Yay, thank you. I'm glad. So we are almost at the end of the podcast, sadly. But I, I could I feel like uh-huh. I could go on and on like for hours. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm having a great time as well. I'm really glad
1: to have met another multi-potentialite. And you should definitely check out these like TED Talks I've seen on like I think you can just Google multi-potentialite mm-hmm. TED Talk and yeah you would just feel so great about yourself and you would realize there are other people around you the same way because I totally get the stress of being this yeah. kind of person but yeah. it does get better, it like gets much better, I promise you.
0: Thank you. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> so wonderful talking to you. Any any advice or any parting words that you'd like to tell to anybody who's listening to this right now?
1: I could write a whole book on this. <laughs> you should. Um, but I
0: think <laughs> yeah, it's it's the the, it's you should, that's part
1: of it. Yeah, I, I do hope to write a book one day in my life. Again, like another whole uh, journey to go through. But yeah, if I had any parting words, I'd say um, I'm not even going to say love yourself or anything because the journey to self-love is super difficult and it's very hard to just suddenly start like loving yourself. But um, give yourself space to mess up. Give yourself space to be yourself because you know doing more things in life I feel like what I've personally experienced is less about doing more and more about like just hating yourself less. Yeah. Like if you want to start something, like, you know, like for you, for example, if you wanted to start a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. You could have very easily not done this if you kept asking, telling yourself that, oh, but I don't know enough. I don't think there are so many podcasts out there. Why should I start this? Like, you know, like if you reduce the number of thoughts like this,
0: yeah.
1: then it's easier for us to actually like go ahead with the things that we want to do. so I mean we all want to do like a lot of things in life right like there's so many things that like you know we're scared to even like think of but then it's all about like reducing the negativity and then leaving space for like the you know for the objective reality to come through we don't need to be super positive and say that yeah no this will be the best podcast ever like that's also like you know you don't know that but if you just reduce the negativity that makes it easier Hey, I want to make a podcast. I don't know how it will go, but I want to do it. And yeah. when a voice comes up that's saying that, oh yeah, it's going to be really shit. If yeah. we learn to like just ignore that voice, that makes life much easier. Yeah. So yeah, be kinder to yourself. Like please be kinder to yourself because you're going to be, you are the one who's going to live with yourself for the rest of your life. If you hate yourself right now and forever, it's going to be really tough. So yeah. please be kind to yourself.
0: Yeah, definitely. Just like along the same lines of what you said. So before I was approaching you, I had so many questions, you know, are you going to reply or Mm -hmm. what am I going to talk about? uh i don't know anything about you and what if like i just you know it comes really really awkward. we don't have anything to say what will happen but i know I now know. i just feel so relieved I, I feel like a completely different person i feel like you know what i'm doing has a purpose it it has it, it matters like i'm so glad i'm so glad yeah it absolutely does yeah yeah it's really hard to
1: remind ourselves of this yeah of course do it like thank you for having me on board I had a great time. I mean, I was also super nervous, you know, I was like, okay, like exactly the same things. Like, what if we don't, you know, converse? But then I guess I try to just tell ourselves, like, we're just two human beings. We want to make a connection and this matters. And then you just like have fun with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important to be human. Just like understand that, you know, the person sitting in front of you is also another uh, human being even like exactly. uh, when you're dealing with clients even if you're working for a corporate still you're dealing with people. exactly so,
1: exactly it reduces yeah. so much fear yeah definitely
0: well, for the audience, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. We'd love to hear your feedback or even your suggestions on who you want us to bring on board decks and the kind of topics you want to discuss in the next episode. Write to us on dialogue at the rate gmail.com. You can even check out our Instagram handle at the rate dialogue, and I promise you that you won't be disappointed.